What is up, my powerful person? Welcome back to the Be Powerful Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Powell, and I've got a special guest here. This is my friend, Claire. She is um, a personal trainer at On It, and I believe Collective? Just On It. Just On It, okay. Um, She is a very high energy, you know, just influential person. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to have her on the show. I'm very fascinated by her. She's also two and a half years sober. We're both in recovery. We kind of share that bond <laughs> and just a, a great, inspiring person. So Claire Bays, welcome to the Be Powerful Podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah. I'm also a podcaster. Oh, you are a podcaster. Yes. I, yeah, yeah. I, I no, was, we talked about this in advance, by mm-hmm. the way, and we're like, let's just riff with what you know and see what happens. Yeah. Um, so I, knew, I knew I was going to forget something. Quite all right. Always do. Quite all right. Totally. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so like, let's see, I started following you at some point. I'm not really sure when or who told me about you or Mm -hmm. what, but we kind of run in the same circles, fitness, recovery, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I DM'd you and was just like, hey, what's up? I'm Brian. I'm sober and I'm also into fitness and all these fun things that you're into. Yeah. Yeah. And then we met at PPG. I think right? so. That was the first Yeah, time. either there or on it. I don't remember where the first place was, but either way, those seem to be I think it was PPG. Like the I'm, frequent flyers. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I saw you at on it, and yeah. that's that's what caused me to to reach out to you. Yeah. Um I don't know you that well, right? No. You know? Like we just met maybe six weeks ago or something, two months. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's been a couple months. Something yeah, like okay. that. But either way, okay. yeah. Not yeah. long. Yeah. Time flies. And it's always frequent. So, right. or I mean it, no, it's it's not always frequent. It's it's, it's brief it's every brief. time that we have interactions they're typically brief given right. the fact that it's always group settings and yeah. stuff going on both busy people be doing things that's right be doing things yep i kind of want to hear about like who you are and and kind of what you're all about and kind of maybe share some things that would help my audience understand who you are and where you came from kind of sure. like how did you get to where you are today Okay. You want the window shop. You want the quick version. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a little quick spiel and then sure. we can, we can dive deeper. Grew up in Oklahoma, small town called Shawnee. That's where I spent the first 19 years of my life. And then I spent the next 11 in Norman, Oklahoma. So growing, going up in a small town, I did not play sports. Um, so being in the gym was not something that started to occur until I was in my twenties grew up in uh, being surrounded by, uh, morbid obesity. That was a big, you know, we were just very sedentary lifestyle. And, uh, so getting into fitness happened before getting into recovery. I did not realize I had a questionable relationship with alcohol until, uh, quite a bit later. And so, but I was introduced to alcohol as a young girl. So, um, Anyway, just growing up in a small town, doing what you do, you know, you just, we, we partied and it was between middle school and high schools when I first got introduced to substances. And it was also at a time in my life where I was going through puberty. So conveniently at the same time, I went from this like really odd bodied, ugly duckling girl, which I have so much love for her, you know, but from that to like, suddenly like I hit puberty and it happened at the same time that I was introduced to alcohol. And so conveniently the two came together and suddenly I'm fun and I'm funny and you like me and you want to hang out with me. So obviously this is something I want to have around often. I can be a good time. And, and that's what I'm, I need you to love me. Right. So that was a, that was a big part of kind of the, the two going together made it really easy for me to lean in heavy there. And I had fun with it. Right. I mean, when you start to consume substances at a young age, often there are not repercussions yet. Uh, and so it's just fun. And so that's exactly what it was. And so, uh, anyway, I mean, from there, of course I did a number of different professional endeavors, uh, and, and typically did pretty well there because I, was somebody who always had work ethic. Like things were not given to me. We were not, um, we were like lower middle class, I would say. Mm -hmm. And so, and by the way, my family's wonderful, like love them. Uh, but we were lower middle class. And so if I wanted a cell phone, I was going to have to work for it. If I wanted a, you know, gas in a car, I did get a hand me down from a grandmother that passed oddly enough. So, uh, that occurred, but anyway, if I wanted gas for it, right. So like different things I needed to work. So I started to work at a very young age and that was always like built well within me. So work ethic in a workspace was built within me, but the gym stuff and everything else all came later. So anyway, I don't know how much more in detail you want of my childhood, but definitely, 
you know, my grandmother was a big part of my upbringing. She was the most involved in my day-to-day life than like of all adults. And she had a profound impact on me. Her passing is what ultimately led me to recovery. So uh, that's a big, big feature for me if it was my first experience with grief and I was not willing to do that. And so I tried to be as numb as possible for the months following that experience. And then I caused enough damage to finally be like, okay, this is not going well. And everything is going downhill. At that time, I had been a real estate agent for probably five years, five and a half years, I guess. And I'd done well with that and I enjoyed the job, but I was starting to not take care of my continuing education. I was starting to ignore my taxes. I was starting to be gone for longer and longer, more days. My, my trips, my, my escapades, they got, they got broader, grander, uh, longer lasting, et cetera. I couldn't quite make it home on time Mm -hmm. because I needed the party to keep going because I needed to be numb. So anyway, uh, then, then thankfully that ran its course and I was introduced to the idea that being sober was a thing that you could do. And of course that was scary and hard and I didn't know that I was capable of it, but, uh, two and a half years later, thankfully here we are. Yeah. So that's the, that's the upbringing in a short snippet. Yeah. That's what I was kind of curious of is like, what was your upbringing like? Cause I find like people's, how they grew up shows a lot of just kind of how they end up you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, we all get the opportunity to, uh, be a victim of our circumstances or to overcome them. Right. Like we all get that choice. And so something has to inspire us to know that it's possible. I think, um, that's certainly been the case with me with any like worthwhile endeavor, whether it was fitness or whether it was nutrition or whether it was business or anything like that. It's always been, you know, somebody showed me that it was possible, certainly with recovery, you know, somebody had to show me that that was an option and then show me how to do it because I didn't inherently know how to do that. Uh, getting to have a spiritual life today. That was something that somebody had to teach me how to do. I did not know Mm -hmm. how to do that innately, you know? So each one of those things have been like lessons taught by teachers in life. But, uh, Definitely. You know, it it is just interesting because you, we all have our stuff, right? Our childhood in one way, like mine is my own, right? But yours is, yours is uniquely yours. And you get the opportunity to to like utilize whatever didn't go well for you as like a, well, this circumstance caused me to live the life that I, and just be a victim of it or to go like, no, that happened. What am I going to do about it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like so many people, they just use their childhood or their, you know, relationship with their parents or getting like me you know, I can, I can relate. I always used my, like I was bullied as a kid. I, my parents weren't like as in touch with my emotional needs and stuff. And like, I struggled in school a little bit and like, I just kind of blamed all of that on why I became a drug. Yeah. Why I became a drug user and why, yeah. Yeah. Or why I can't like, like, living this narrative of like, I'm not good enough because of this, this, and this, like, this is why I'm fucked up. This is why I self-sabotage. This is why I ruin everything because of how my childhood was, you know, whereas, yeah, I've learned now it's like you go through what you go through in order to overcome that, have the awareness around kind of what went wrong and how can you fix that? Like moving forward, you know, how can you change that generational curse, so to speak. Yeah. Well, and, and we get taught this in recovery and it's a gradual progression to, to wrap our brains around it, at least in my experience, but it's been so useful to recognize that whole victimhood or not thing, you know? And so one of the things that a friend of mine told me that I love so much is just, you know, when it comes to childhood, right? Because it seems like most people spend a lot of their lives in their adulthood, just kind of fighting this, like what, what happened wrong in their childhood, right? Like Mm -hmm. when they're overcoming whatever their relationship with their parents, what it could have been, should have been, how, why did it go this way, whatever. And so acknowledging that things weren't perfect, absolutely. But then from there, like, you know, parents are just humans who had kids. Totally. And so being able to like, okay, these are just humans, just like I am. And if you take a look at yourself hard enough, you'll find all the messes that you make, Right. Uh, whether you're in recovery or not, that's relatable. So, okay, they're just humans who had kids and then they're imperfect. And so they just get to be imperfect. And if my expectations are realigned with like 
reality, then, then I don't get to blame them for anything anymore. You know, it, it's such a cool gift to learn that like, I don't have to blame anybody else. You know, I, I went through a breakup in recovery. I hadn't dated for a while before recovery. And then I've spent a good you know, year, year and a half of it single. And then I went through a relationship and then I went through a breakup. Right. And it's been so profound to me. That was over the summer. So a handful of months ago, it's been really profound to me to be able to go through this experience and go, this is just a human that I love Mm -hmm. and the container changed. Right. But now I still just love this human from a different it's just been so cool in all of that, you know, instead of historically finding ways in which, uh, maybe you were the victim about something Mm. and then going, no, no, what can I own? Where did I show up? And so yet again, those are tools that have been taught to us, but they're very, very impactful because then if, if I can identify my role in any given situation, I get the opportunity to do differently. Whereas if it's your fault, then I'm just a victim. And what do I do about that? So I don't want to go that route. Like I'm, I'm opting out of that every time, Totally. but that was taught. Yeah. 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 Like, um, always, yeah. Trying to blame things on other people or like, you know, like you kind of just have to forgive the human condition as a whole, because Mm -hmm. it's like, like nothing's personal, you know, it's like maybe the person who hurts you, like they hurt you because of just internal things that they're dealing with or all, you know, we have all these different, yeah, just things that, that happen in our lives that, make us, you know, like the way that we act, especially in like relationships and stuff, you know, you just kind of, yeah, you don't mean to like necessarily hurt that person or things don't work out with that person. It's just, it it is what it is, you know? Yeah. 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 This this makes me think this is not a relationship. This makes me think of like a, maybe, maybe a month ago, a few weeks ago, my car got broken into, right? Mm. Bummer. Dang. I got to fix that. I got to pay for it. That sucks. Right. But I literally turn is so interesting. I like turned around and saw that the window was broken out and there's shattered glass everywhere. And, um, I'm in a position of, of rebuilding financially and we can get into that if you want. But, uh, so I have been really working hard on this whole financial insecurity thing, which is interesting because I didn't carry that until this last year. Anyway, all I could think was whoever that person is that did that, like, I just don't believe that they woke up and were like, I can't wait to mess other people's stuff up. (laughs) Like, like they're in some spot and maybe, and you know what, if that's, if that's just delusional optimism, then fine. I would rather live that way. But I really am just like, I don't believe that a person woke up and thought I want to be an asshole. You know, there's something going on in their life. And so mind you, I'm not saying it's like cool or whatever, but but like, I just don't think that, that, so if it's parents that, that did you wrong or a relationship that did you wrong or like, I don't think people are out here like, man, I can't wait to be the villain. Like things happened and, and right. I don't know. And sometimes they are, you know, sometimes. And, and I think that's, I, I think that's where we get these resentments and trust issues and, and all these different things that we carry into other areas of life is because sometimes someone has like done you wrong and you're like that was like personal like they did you know and like Mm -hmm. and that does like i feel like that does happen like some people are in places in their lives where they are just they're out to do evil and do wrong and just make other people's lives a living hell but because they're suffering would you agree that yeah, yeah 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 exactly yeah like it's not it's not them at the core like usually it's yeah like you know, the person who broke into your car was probably someone on drugs who needed stuff to steal and and sell, you know, that whole hurt people, hurt people thing, you know, like, like that person is hurting and unfortunately they're causing messes right now. And so, and that's my thought too, is like, we don't want hurt people out there, you know? So even with the individual that's hurt you, even, you know, whatever it is that comes up for you, that's your most recent hurt or, or maybe the one that's most egregious. So maybe that goes back to childhood or whatever. Right. Like, knowing that, that there's something that that came from for them too. Right. And it's not cause they're inherently bad. Yeah. I don't know. That's my opinion. Yeah. It's just an opinion, but I like it better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like at the core, like we're all good people, you know, mm-hmm. with love and compassion for others. But yeah, there's just all kinds of other factors that get in the way and that distort people's perception and, yeah. Cause humans to do shitty things. Yeah. We don't want, we don't want that out there. Yeah. Love on them. But it's all, yeah, it's all kind of like you getting your car broken into is completely out of your control. So 
yeah, it's hard, you know, to grow from that and grow from getting your car broken into like, do you have any insights from it yet? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, no, I think that good things came from it, such as, you know, I come from, I, I grew up in Oklahoma, lived in Oklahoma until this last year, year and year and some change. So when that occurred, I realized that I don't, you know, the guy where I lived in Norman, the guy that I would get car work done by, he called me his niece. Like he was just so kind. I wasn't actually his niece, but mm. anyway, he would always take care of it, you know? Right. And so I'm here, it's a new place. And I'm like, oh dang, this happened. And I don't have that guy. Right. So who am I going to go to? But thankfully I do have a community here. So I reached mm. out to a couple of people and said, do you have recommendations? And, uh, one of our mutual friends gave me a recommendation. Mm. And so I went there and it's a small, you know, uh, locally owned and operated the, the owner operated operator is right there. And it was a pleasant interaction. And, uh, because I get the gift of this social media thing today, I choose to post about it because supporting small businesses is super cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and shout out to my friend Cody, who has helped tremendously with my perspective on that. So I post about it and I already know people who have gone to that business and this was, and they, and they took care of me well, you know? And so, uh, A, B, E, E, I believe is the appropriate name. Now I don't want to say it incorrectly, but, um, A, B's, auto, mm -hmm. I think anyway. And he was just so pleasant and he got it done so quickly for a reasonable or so. Yeah. So quickly for a reasonable price. And then I shared that because they treated me well and then other people went there. So that's, I mean, that's cool. Like they're yeah. they, like, you know, family owned operated businesses are, are struggling in this climate today. Right. And so to know that maybe you got the opportunity to one, get taken care of in a timely and efficient manner because someone that you knew, knew them. Right. And then you referred business to this, these people who did you well. Exactly. Um, like that's a, there's a silver lining. Yeah. For Might sure. Well. Yeah. Might as well find it. It's this whole, um, networking cycle of, you know, yeah. Like that's something that I've been, that Instagram has really helped me with as well. Yeah. Um, is just, yeah. Learning how to support other people, always shout other people out, totally. always raise awareness about other, you know, good businesses or good people or whatever. So that, you know, you're kind of sowing into the seed of life and you're building this, empire with you know all your people basically mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and lifting everybody up mm -hmm. you know together mm -hmm. yeah i noticed you're you're very active on um instagram how long like you i was listening to one of your podcasts yesterday and you said you started making content in 2022 yeah yeah, I almost said 2002. <laughs> yeah, let's hope not. <laughs> I'm even a child. <laughs> no, last so year. you were uh, eight years old? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, Instagram was uh, open to just me. It's kind of staggering the growth, guys. It's been a real struggle. Yeah. No, no, I started creating content last year. Yeah. yeah. So what does that journey look like? Where did it start? It's been cool uh, and hard. Mm -hmm. It... Uh, happened January, 2022. So the very beginning of 2022, I was cultivating a relationship with a brand that was, it was becoming evident that that was going to then cause me to leave my previous career, move to a new state. Hello, here I am. Mm -hmm. And so the founder of that company simply said, would you be willing to create short form content? That's like a thing now. Uh, and so I wanted to create a good relationship with the brand mm -hmm. and the founder of the company is saying, Hey, can you make some reels? I said, I guess I'll try. Yeah. So I started to make re reels. So what was, what's it's, it's been quite a journey to now because at that time I was simply just having fun on there, doing it for fun. There were no, I mean, my, my follower base, whatever, uh, was, was a whopping, the people I know. Right. Mm -hmm. So a couple thousand people, which is, it's, that's a lot of people. Right. Yeah. But not like random strangers. Right. So then it started to go well because I was clearly having fun. I was being authentic yep. and, uh, and, and it was just funny. It was funny content. And so people started to show up like in droves suddenly. And so then all of a sudden all these random eyeballs are on me and I'm just promoting products of a brand. Mm -hmm. So that was the beginning of it. And then it became this like thing where now it would start to introduce you before you entered the room, which is a way cool feature that it can do for you. Mm -hmm. And so, but the journey has been, okay. So it started to go well. My ego liked that. Mm -hmm. And I thought with my delusional optimism that naturally what will happen is I will become wildly successful with this because that's what I do. And <laughs> then I had to get beat down by reality a little bit that it's actually going to take time. So it grew mm -hmm. really fast and then it stagnated hard mm -hmm. for an extended period of time. And I had life circumstances going on. I got afraid of the people. I thought that everything I had to do, um, I didn't want to piss people off. I didn't want to 
I wanted to be liked by everybody. Mm -hmm. That, that thing, just because I got sober, that want to be loved by everybody didn't just like disappear. Right. I can understand that I was utilizing the, the partying to facilitate me being the fun girl so that you would think I was fun so that you would want to hang out with me. Right. That gets eliminated, but now I'm using the internet. Yeah, 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 it's just another, yeah, it's like <sighs> yeah, another, so. another way to, another thing to get addicted to. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and it was, and it was very ego feeding and when right. it's going on and it's early and it's new, you don't know that like I, I was not cognizant of that Yeah. and ego feeding things are often not soul feeding things. And right. so my soul was not being fed by that. So it's just been, um, readjusting my focus. I also lost that job. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so they just simply has a new CEO stepped into place in that company and they shut down the U S operation. And so that's totally okay. But I was collateral damage to that. I have gratitude for that. I still have great relationships there. We're good, but I don't. So now I have this thing on the internet and I have no idea what the heck I'm trying to do here, Mm -hmm. but it felt like this is an opportunity that you can do something really neat with if you so choose. So my podcast was launched shortly after that solely as like, people are like, you're a great conversationalist. You should do that. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I don't know what to do, but I guess I'll do that. So this past year has been very much so like discovery, you know, the coaching thing only came about. I had began to accumulate coaching certifications because I wanted the education for a few years prior, Mm -hmm. but never done any coaching and I didn't want to. And, uh, so launching the online coaching business, being a coach in real life, all of that stuff, I didn't have any of that up and running yet. And so anyway, it just, it's been a journey of re like redirecting, like, what are you trying to do here? Mm -hmm. And then allowing it like at this point today, recognizing that social media is this beautiful way to connect with cool people. Uh, It can introduce you before you enter the room. You can build a successful business on it, which is way, way cool because being successful in business is a good thing. And, uh, you know, you can help people. I mean, the number of people that I've been able to connect with about recovery and maybe help them find some, some resources in their area because of social media is like, that's so cool. Right. Um, and then all of the other feet, you know, getting to collaborate with different brands or different people. I mean, that the whole thing is just like crazy. The people that I get to call friend today because of that thing. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to reframe my relationship with it and understand that, you know, it is like a lead, lead magnet, you know? Yeah. And so showing up authentically there when I went through adversity through this summer, I was afraid. I didn't feel like I had anything useful to say. I didn't want to say anything, but people expected me to talk because I had previously shown up authentically. So, I mean, it's just, it is, uh, social media is an interesting thing and we're all navigating it in our own way. And that's just my experience. Yeah. 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 It's a journey. Definitely. I can relate to like seeing someone big on social media or like just seeing, all the reels and all the story posts and the shout outs and everything. And like thinking, Oh my God, this person must make so much money. They must be so happy. They must be their life's perfect. Like everything is great. And like, they are so human. They're so human. Talk to every them. single. Yeah. Yeah. Let me be real clear. If person, you think that about me, meet them in person and talk to them. Exactly. Yeah. If you think that about me, we could have further conversation. Cause I want to also be really transparent on all of that too. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. And, and yeah, maybe you didn't mean me, but just in case no, you do, cause that is a misconception. No, I just mean, yeah. Like literally everybody, like there's, there's many different people I can name off yeah. in my head right now that I, that I think of as like, Oh, they probably have so much money. Like not that money matters, but like, Oh, they probably have so much money in the bank and they're running this super successful business, but I know them and they're not, but the, like, and I've had that same journey too. Like I started my coaching business and I was in my addiction and like, I wasn't doing hard drugs, but I was smoking weed every day. I was microdosing mushrooms. And like, you know, for someone like us that just, it made my life unmanageable. I wasn't able to, like, I was bailing on coaching calls. I was just choosing like creative mushroom time over like, you know, doing the structured things in my business that I needed to do in order to move forward. But Mm. anyway, like my, my whole thing was like, it was feeding my ego. It was, um, like as long as I could make it look like on Instagram that I was successful and that I was happy and that everything was going good. I was totally good on the inside. And like, like regardless of what my bank account looked like, regardless of what my business looked like, if I could make people think that I had it all together, then that was enough for me, you know? Mm. Was and, it? Well, fuck no. I'm like, no, it yeah. wasn't. No, yeah. no, 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 it definitely yeah. wasn't. 
And so then I ended up like, I was just, you know, constantly financially stressed and like my parents were paying, you know, my dad, shout out to my dad, you know, he's, he's paid so much for me to, you know, have so many different opportunities, but yeah, he was, you know, he was, he was supporting me while I was just a human out here trying a, a human out here trying. Cause you exactly. were doing that. Yeah. yeah. I was totally doing that. Yeah. And so then I had, you know, then I had a relapse in 2020, I almost said 2002 again, um, in 22, I, uh, like, let's see, it was, um, I don't remember dates, but I was running my business from like 2020 to 2022. And then I relapsed because of just entrepreneurial stress. And I went back into my addiction and I, I used and, you know, just kind of sabotaged my whole business for a good couple months. And then I went back to treatment and thank goodness it was brief. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I had that kind of all or nothing mentality of like, Oh, well now I made a fool of myself on. Cause I, I did, I, I got on there like while I was fucked up high and stuff. And like, I mean, I'm sure it actually benefited me in the long run because it was very authentic. You know, yeah. I was talking about how much I was struggling and got on there and told everybody, you know, I was going back to treatment and stuff, but yeah, I had to have, I had to reframe everything and be like, okay, like my Instagram is for me to express myself and to step out of my comfort zone and to learn how to find myself. Because like, I've always struggled to like create my personality, my vibe, my energy. I've always been like kind of a follower a little bit, especially in my addiction. When I was using drugs, I never had to do all the things that one might do to quote unquote, find themselves. Cause I was just self-medicating with heroin and I wasn't growing. I was just staying stuck basically. And yeah, Instagram has helped me like this whole journey through Instagram has helped me figure out who I am, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And like, so now I kind of have this mentality of like, my Instagram is for me. And if it helps you, cool. Mm -hmm. You know, if it doesn't cool, you know, same with this podcast. This is for me. This is for me to learn how to talk and for me to learn how to use my voice to impact people and have awesome guests like you and have cool, you know, conscious conversation and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's all like, this is, a, this is my journey. Like you're looking at it right yeah. here. You know? Yeah. 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 What do you find that you enjoy creating? You enjoy creating the podcast. I definitely enjoy creating the podcast. I do enjoy creating content as well. Like I really would like to. That's very big. Get, get, oh, get specific. Yeah. Like fitness type stuff to like encourage people to just move their bodies and, you know, push themselves and just be fucking badass. Mm -hmm. And like the mindfulness stuff, like breath work, meditation, mm -hmm. spirituality, like different um, modalities of like all the different, like I, my spirituality is like, like I take a little bit from the Christian faith. I do a little bit of like the, you know, Buddhist kind of meditation and, and that type of thing. Also like, you know, psychedelics and that whole realm is part of my spirituality. So like talking about and defining like what spirituality is for me, mm -hmm. nutrition. And like, like lately I've been, leaning into like eating all organic, eating whole foods and fasting is something I'm getting into. So like just all the things that like have helped me to find my power and my strength. Like I like to talk about that type of stuff. Yeah. You like sharing what's helping you. Exactly. Okay. I like sharing what's helping me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like something that I've been blessed with is connecting with really great people. Mm. And I have a plethora of amazing people that I want to have on the podcast so that I can share, help them share their story and help them, you know, talk about some of the things that they've been through and kind of what those things have taught them and how they've gotten to where they've gotten based on what, you know, sort of things that they've accomplished and overcome and, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You do have some good friends. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I've been really blessed. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I was, I was kind of thinking about that earlier. Like I was like, 
how do I have all these really amazing people and all this opportunity? And I think there's something that my dad taught me was like networking and just like connecting with people, even if it's just like real brief, but just like planting a seed with a person and just like, Hey, like, I like what you're about. Love to pick your brain or I'd love to, you know, get some recommendations from you. Like kind of finding people that have what I have and what I want and, mm -hmm. and, you know, surrounding myself with people that are doing the things that I'm doing, you yeah. know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Curiosity is a, is a pretty cool trait. Yeah. How have you found your community? Cause I know that you're, you've lived in Austin for a year. Yeah. Since last June and it's the end of October now. So mm -hmm. you're in a few months. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got quite a community as well. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. totally. One Austin is just a great place, right? Austin like, is a great place for that. Yeah. We're really spoiled. Yeah. It's, there's just so many like-minded individuals here and there's something I say, like there's something in the water here. Like as far as with people, you know, what you hear of places where things are very transactional and I'm not saying that that doesn't have its place, but it seems to be the case in my experience that people are genuinely also interested in you as a human. So maybe there's some way that you can collab on a thing on the internet or whatever, mm -hmm. you do a brand deal or whatever, whatever it might be. Like maybe it's advantageous professionally in some way, right. but typically I find that one, I just love humans. So there's that. Like, I just think it's real interesting, uh, but they are interested back. And this is not only my experience is what I hear from many people. So this is not just, just fine. Um, so there's something about that, that like we take it a step beyond the transaction of like, now we're interested in investing in each other in a way where it's like, no, but I care about you as a human too. So it's really, really special about this place. Something to not be taken for granted. Uh, but I mean, as far as how I've gone about even, even before moving here, when it comes to cultivating community, and I couldn't encourage anybody listening to do that more. Uh, I, I do these group coaching calls once a week with my clients on Mondays. And so we just wrapped one a couple of hours ago. And one of their challenges today was like, you know, what is one thing that you can do to cultivate community in this coming week for you within your life? And so that doesn't have, that can be remote, that can be in person, whatever. Um, and, and often what that looks like is how can I show up for you? Yet again, this is stuff we've been taught. This was not innate Claire knowledge. Right. Uh, but okay, if I want to cultivate community, one, I've got to be willing to overcome the discomfort, which is hard of, you know, you, you have to go through the period of what, I, so, so a, a good example would be at the gym. You know, you start going to a gym or maybe you go to a new gym or whatever. This was great. I've just gotten into jujitsu recently. Mm. Um, and going into that gym for the first time, I was like genuinely experienced a bit of anxiety about it walking in, which was so fun because today I'm so comfortable in a gym that I walk in any gym and I feel right at home. Right. But in my early twenties, I would drive around the block and I would drive home because I was so scared that everyone in there was going to know that I didn't belong. Mm, you know, yeah. when I started to coach clients in person last year, finally, as a trainer, I would have to pray before I walked in because I was sure that everybody was going to know that I was an imposter. They've all been doing this forever. They know what they're doing. They're going to know that I don't know shit mm. when in reality, yes, you do, sweetie. It's okay, but you have to go through that. Like, right. so with the community building stuff, like it's, it's, do you desire being there enough? Are those the kind of people that you want to be around? And, and if so, then if the desire is great enough, then you're going to be willing to go through that. Uh, but you have to be willing to go through that. And so anyway, when it comes to cultivating community for me, it just, yeah, it's just as simple as like, do you have something I want? Is this a place I want to hang out? And if right. it is, I'm going to put myself there yeah. and then I'm going to ask you how I can show up for you. And I'm just going to observe and learn. And if I ask you what I can do for you, people like to talk and people like help and they'll, they'll, they'll go ahead and do both. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I feel like recovery has kind of taught us that in a way, you know, oh, yeah. like just understanding the whole, you know, if you get a service commitment at a meeting and stuff, like you're more than likely to show up on a consistent basis. Yeah. Being accountable. And then if you are showing up on a regular basis, then you're inevitably going to meet people because the more somebody sees you and the more, committed somebody realizes that you are they're gonna be like oh cool like you want to be a part of what we're doing here so like yeah that's awesome and well and like, how cool is being able to be dependable the idea that you can show up somewhere consistently and they can know to expect you there mm -hmm. i mean that's a real 
valuable trait and one that you and I both historically prior to recovery couldn't have done a lot of the time, you know, like I couldn't have held my own word to myself. How was I going to hold my word to you? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That was a big issue of mine. And that's been something that I've had to really, really get tied on like this last year is like, okay, if I say I'm going to do something, I got to do it because then if I don't, then I, and I still, you know, I struggle here and there where I commit to something and I'm just like, you know what? I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I just, or, you know, I don't like saying I can't, but it's like, Not a priority. I don't, yeah. Or like sometimes the fear and the, you know, insecurity or the imposter syndrome, like gets the most of me, you know, and I'll, I'll isolate and I'll, you know, just bail on whatever I committed to, but I've done only done that a couple times this last year. And mm-hmm. like, it's really made a huge difference in my life. Like, Cause you're going to have that fear. You're going to have like last minute, you're always going to be like, Oh, I don't want to go do that thing. So, so I'm going to, you know, take the path of least resistance and I'm going to go take a nap or something, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's like, a nod to growth too. The idea that you used to do it a lot within the last year, you've only done it a little, mm-hmm. like that's a real nod to this, how this thing works, you know, yeah. that, that it's not a sudden overnight and now I'm reborn. Right. It's a gradual thing. Yeah. It's that that quote from the book we love so much. We realize we know only a little more will be revealed. I love that. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. I can get down with that. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. You're this far in and this is what you're aware of today. Give yourself another year. Well, give yourself five more years. Well, yeah, like that's cool. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's wild how, how much, we learn each year of life. It's like, it's great. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and that goes for everything. Like any, like fitness, you know, it's like, think about what you know now. Well, think about what you're going to know in five, you know, five years from now, think about what your physique looks like now. Think about what it could look like five years, you know? Yeah. Just anything with this podcast, like here I am now, what's it going to be like two years from now? It's going to blow my fucking mind if I stay consistent with it. What are your aspirations for it? Uh, I definitely want to grow big to the point where like I have a large enough audience to where people, they know who I am and they know my story and they like, I want to, I want this to lead into like public speaking and like going around and doing like motivational speaking, like. And that comes from a place of, I want to help people. I want to help people. I want to share my story. I want to you know, encourage people live in fear and have this mindset of unworthiness and feel stuck. And, you know, like, cause that's my story is I've always thought that I'm not good enough. I'm different. I'm an imposter. I'm incapable, you know, all these, like all these things. And when, when those things come up for you, what's the biggest thing that you tell yourself? Probably that I'm like mentally challenged, like I'm like different, like I'm slow or I'm, uh, I'm okay. not as smart. Like I'm, but then from there, how do you overcome? Oh, how do I overcome uh-huh. it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, lately, like I've just been telling myself like, that's a lie. And that that's a story that I've told myself for a long time. And it's based off of nothing. I feel like your friend Justin does a really good job of helping people reframe their relationship with their dialogue too. Yeah. You want to talk about Justin? Yeah. Like I was definitely in a place in my life where like I was ready for help, ready to like get better. And like, I knew I was going to get sober this time. I knew I was going to like put myself out there and, and really like dig deep on all my fears and insecurities and all these different things. But like Justin coming into my life has been like such a huge game changer. Like just seeing the way he operates and the way that he pours into me and that he's, I mean, he's like an older brother to me, you Mm -hmm. know, like he took me under his wing and he's like, I'm going to fucking help you, you know? And not, not, not like you need help, but just like, like he, yeah, he was just like, you know, he could tell that, that I, that I was desperate for, yeah, some, just to, to push myself and to, to grow and to, to not identify with my mind so much. And yeah, everything that he's taught me has helped me so much. Like I consistently do breath work and meditation and like, 
Like I can tell I didn't, I didn't meditate or do breath work this morning. Cause I was late for work. Like I'm a little bit in my head right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, it makes a difference. The, it makes such a difference. It's crazy. Just taking that little moment to separate from your thoughts, just a little bit of separation of like, I am not this clusterfuck of noise going on in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, Justin, it's funny. I think, I think I've told him this, but I'm like, it's interesting. You can tell he's well-versed with that type of stuff because he just kind of has this like nervous system call calming presence, Mm -hmm. which is very abnormal. Right. right? Uh, and then I do relate to the whole, like when you practice, you feel differently when you don't, you don't get the reward. right? Right. Like, and it's so funny because the, barrier to entry is pretty low. Like a few minutes of intentional breathing can go such a long way yet. You can justify to yourself how you're too busy, Mm -hmm. you know? And I say that from a place of knowing it all too well within the past two weeks, if I accumulate the number of days that I've done, uh, my, my morning breathing and so on, which is not even that many minutes of my life. Uh, unfortunately there's more of the not than the have. And thankfully there are the have in there and it's progress, not perfection, Exactly. but you, it is just, uh, the profound impact that something like that can have on your day. And yet you still have this desire to fight it because it's somehow work in some small way, Mm -hmm. sitting down and counting your breathing and chilling out is like, well, but I have all these other things that are stirring my mind when in reality, that should be all you need to know to know that you need to sit down and count. Right. I know. (laughs) Uh, But easier said than done. And any progress is progress. If you're doing more, today than you were last year, like you've made progress and, Mm -hmm. and not expecting perfection of yourself. And then another thing I think too, is like having these tools and learning about them and being able to use them is really, really like it's, it's useful, but can I operate without them as well? You know, like I, I have to be mindful of if I didn't do breath work that morning, if I didn't do my, whatever it may be part of my morning routine, that doesn't mean that now I just get to be a shit show today. Right. It's not a justification for me to go off of the rails and suddenly start to be reactive and whatever. I can know that that's an important practice that I should do my best to re-implement the following day. But like, can I still operate at the highest level possible, even if I didn't do those things? And then, hey, still prioritize trying to learn to do those things better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something I do if I notice that I've not done it in a while or I'm, I'm resisting that type of thing, like... I'll literally just stop and just be like, okay, for two minutes, I can, I can focus on my breath, Yeah, you know, yeah. and like, just take away all distractions and just breathe intentionally for two minutes, release some things, you know, take authority over whatever energy is going on in my body that I don't like and release it, you know, with my voice and with my breath and stuff. And like, that's huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's that tiny little, yeah, it's similar with like, you know, working out and stuff. Like, even if you don't, make time to hit a workout. But if you take five minutes to just do a little yoga flow and just kind of loosen your body up and kind of connect with your body a little bit, mm-hmm. it makes all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. One of the, I, I want to say this is shoot. Maybe this is Stan efforting. I think said this one recently on a modern wisdom podcast, which that podcast is just phenomenal. Um, something as simple as like when you eat dinner or when you eat any meal going five, you know, even if you're out to a restaurant, just walk five minutes out, five minutes back. You know, Mm -hmm. then if you did that, if you ate three meals that day, you just got 30 minutes of intentional movement in with like little to no effort. Right. And so if we're looking at habit shifts in a positive direction, how can I do that thing? You know, for me today, thankfully, I don't, I don't do days where I don't work out, Mm -hmm. which is wild. But because there were years where it was three days a week and then four days a week and then five days a week. And it was a slow build. And today it's just my feet are fully trained Mm -hmm. and you won't catch me not doing it. Right. But the majority of my life, that wasn't so. Right. So, okay, if that's still a barrier, if the the heavy, heavy weight of the door to the gym is the heavy weight that we still can't overcome every single day yet. Okay. So then maybe it just means that I just do a five minute out, five minute back. You know, what can it, what can the incremental shift be that I will adhere to? So with the breathing, if it's two minutes, that's two more minutes than you would have had otherwise. And if you allow yourself to do that, it doesn't take any length of time to get something productive out of that deal. Right. It's like, okay, fine. Maybe in 10 years, I'll consistently do 30 minutes every day. What a wonderful place to head to. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's little tiny baby steps. And like, as long as you're slowly 
getting better and better, even if it's the tiniest, um, incremental shift, incremental. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it could be something so small, like exactly what we're talking about. And it's just a little bit better than you did yesterday. And as long as you're like, I always say life is so long, like, but then it's like, you really don't know because, you know, some people just fall off the face of the earth, but like, I'm always like, Oh, I have so much time to like, get better so why like why be so harsh on myself when i can just wake up tomorrow and just like do a little bit better you know but sometimes so i have a question for you how do you find balance with being kind to yourself but also honoring your commitments to yourself and like doing the things that you say that you're gonna do yeah my word to myself is the most important thing that i have like I mean, well, my relationship with my higher power is the most important thing that I have, but my, my word to myself is very, very important. So if I told myself I was going to do a thing, I better do a thing. And if I start to, and so sometimes I need to reframe what I told myself I was going to do, perhaps if there's, if I'm starting to fall off on that in some way, but, uh, like I plan to have a, a big life. And that means that I'm going to have to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so my expectations of self are, are pretty high. And sometimes I'm an asshole to myself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm certainly going to be more of an asshole to myself than I'll ever be to you or anybody else. Right. But I've chosen to have high expectations of self. And I accept that that means that sometimes I might be kind of hard on myself, but also, I mean, I, like we get taught in recovery, this whole one day at a time thing. Mm-hmm. For me, I entirely live by that, like entirely. Me too. I find that all high performers that I know, they don't, sure, they put things on the calendar in the future. We all do. And that's useful. We should do that. But like, I'm not worried. I don't even know like what my calendar tomorrow says. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it says right now because I'm in today today. Yeah. And by the time it gets to around 8, 30, 9, 30 PM tonight, I will pull that thing up. That will inform me with everything that I need to know for tomorrow. And I will rinse and repeat that. And whenever I just treat it that way, what may look like I'm doing a lot of things cause I am, mm-hmm. um, doesn't feel overwhelming. Like I don't need to worry about all the rest. It'll take care of itself. It'll get done. I just need to do the next right thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so like yet again, another tool that's been taught that I'm just like, Oh, it works. Like that tool works. So I'm just going to use that tool. And so, I mean, I don't know, like, how do you, I, I do believe strongly that if you tell yourself you're going to do something, it's pretty important that you do it. Mm-hmm. So then be, I mean, I don't know. And if you're an asshole to yourself and you catch yourself being an asshole to yourself, like, I guess another thing that helps is it's just time, right? Yeah, it's a like I've, I've proven through history now that like, I've gone through enough shit with my diet or with whatever it might be, which is where I would be more likely to be hard on myself. Cause I, my expectations are high. Um, but I've gone through enough of the highs and lows there to know that like, sweetie, you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a reps thing. You know, I think there's maybe another piece of it that is like the with reps comes ease. And so I just kind of had to get through some reps there to be like, okay, you can, you can, you're going to be just fine. So mm-hmm. even if the day was off, it's not defining, it's not the end of the world. Right. Um, tomorrow is a new day. A matter of hours from now, you will have new perspective. Yeah. 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 I've been kind of beating myself up in one, in one area in particular, and it's training for sure. Like, I feel like I am training hard when I do train, especially when I work out with Justin, but like, I'm juggling a lot of different things right now. Like with the podcast, I have two jobs, my recovery, my, you know, mental health and just like putting time aside to just do breath work or journal or read or do like, I'm giving myself a lot of time to just like, me time and stuff and not being too hard on myself with like the fitness, but I'm kind of disappointed at myself for not pushing myself harder in the gym lately or not going more days in a week. You know what I mean? Like I've kind of, I don't know, I'm probably averaging about three to four days per week. Like, and I'm kind of, Yeah. Like I just haven't had that much motivation to like train hard lately. And, but I need to, like, I need to step it up. Like I need to step it up. Cause I know if I step that up, then I'll just perform higher in other areas too. Like I'm, I'm a little too lenient with myself right now. 
And it's kind of this like early recovery, like, oh, I'm in my first year of recovery. Like I have to be kind to myself, you know? <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, with training though, so your nervous system is aware of everything all the time. And so a lot of people, you come into fitness and recovery or you come into fitness and you think like, well, if some is good, more must be better. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously that just makes sense. Well, no, actually no. Yeah. So if you're doing three to four days of resistance training, mm -hmm. you're good on that front. Yeah. Like three to four hard re or resistance training days is sufficient to yeah. reach pretty stellar goals. I guess I should get clear on what your goals are, right. but like to have a good quality of life and to be strong and jacked, uh, three to four days of resistance training should be totally sufficient yeah. from there. Just intentional movement, you know, mm -hmm. yes, there's a lot of science behind doing different, you know, there's, there's so many options, but really like, are you being too hard on yourself? And on the days when you're not going and doing that, whatever that is, are you just still getting some intentional movement in? Because if you are, you're probably fine. Yeah. Are you being too hard on yourself? Maybe being too hard on myself. Are yeah. you getting intentional movement in on the days where you don't go to the gym? Yes. I just feel like I'm not pushing myself with heavy weight enough. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, like I'll go play with the steel mace or the kettlebell in my backyard or like, cause right now I actually don't have a gym membership. So I'll either work out at Justin's, I'll go to on it with Justin or I'll work out here, work out here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can much. definitely get a stellar resistance training session in with just your body. If you know how to create tension, yeah, uh, I agree. you don't need equipment. Yeah. Equipment is fun. I, my barbell is my therapist. I'm a big fan, Yeah, but like, it's actually not needed for insano fitness. You're right. You tempo, you right. isometric hold, whatever. Yeah. So it's all a reframe yeah. and it's all a learning thing. Right. You know, but I mean, I don't know. I think that, I, I think as much as we can strive, mm -hmm. then also if you're still intentionally moving your body, like, like give yourself some respect, right? You're still intentionally moving your body. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And Thanks Hey, if you that. like, yeah, just, slow down your reps, mm -hmm. do some holds and some positions that suck. Right. That's that effective, yeah. highly yeah. effective. Yeah. I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of stuff like that. Like, I feel like my goal right now is function, like yep. just getting way more functional, really working on my mobility and strengthening those deeper, fuller ranges of motion and totally. stuff that I might be a little squirrely in, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. Functional is good. Durable is optimal in yeah. my opinion. I want to be durable. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Definitely. Um, something I always say is like fitness is kind of like the gateway drug to personal growth. Yeah. Do you resonate with that? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it's a great way to start. You, you know, and, and so you've got like mental, physical, spiritual, maybe depending on where you stand on that, but like filling your spiritual or your, your men, your physical cup, right? If you're going to a gym or whatever, or you're just starting to know people who do, cause you'll associate with people who are like you. So people who are into fitness, know people who are into fitness and oftentimes people who are into fitness are also into other areas of life, right. Mm -hmm. That are like striving. So people in the fitness industry introduced me to other forms of wellness, you know? Yeah. And so mental optimization or spiritual optimization or whatever. Yes. Um, gateway drug for sure. I would agree. Cause I, I mean there now there are those that don't in that space as well. Right. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's a great place to start. It's certainly where I started because yeah. for many, many years of me, like focusing on fitness, if you'd have told me something spiritual, I would have been like, you can leave the room. <laughs> you can get away from me right now. I was not ready for that. That was not, that was not yet in my journey, yeah. you know? Um, but thankfully, it finally became, and then there were people in the fitness space mm -hmm. who were willing to expose me to some new and different ideas. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like recovery and the 12 steps led you to, to like your higher power and to like your understanding of your higher self, or was it more the fitness space? This is probably my favorite section of this entire podcast right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Just because we'll wrap it up soon. <laughs> well, I just, this is something I'm, I'm really fired up about because I think it's the most profoundly impactful thing on my life. Yeah. So do I think that my fitness is very important? Absolutely. Um, but like my spiritual body today is more important to me than my physical one, which is nuts. Cause two and a half years ago, I didn't even have one, you know, like it was like, well, she's dead. Um, <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> is deceased, not dead. with the living. Yeah. Um, so recovery is what introduced me. And the reason I say that, what I say, it, it's like, I 
for a bit of time prior to coming into recovery, I knew that I like wanted to be open to the idea of spirituality in some way, but I had no action steps. Mm. So it was like, I'd like to be open to that, but I don't know where to start with that. And all of these options in all these religions and so on, like it feels strange, feels weird. I don't know. Y'all scare me. Mm -hmm. So recovery gave me actions to allow me to seek and kept it so broad that I got the opportunity to cultivate a relationship with my own higher power. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, in the last two and a half years, has that changed my perception of what that is? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It introduced me to things I could be doing. And so the simple, easy, obvious one is like daily prayer. You know, you come to recovery and they say, Hey, get on your knees and pray every day. And I was like, listen, Linda, (laughs) I don't, that big G God thing, not doing it, not doing it. And it was like, okay, it can be your higher power. And also it can just mean good orderly direction and whatever, you know, but like that worked for me. And so anyway, it definitely gave, and so I chose to take those actions because I was desperate. Mm -hmm. And then over the course of time, they started to resonate more. It started to make more sense. Now I know that like, that is one of the most impactful things in my day. If not the most impactful thing is that conscious contact thing, which is just like, so it taught me how to seek a relationship. Whereas prior to that, it was like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the last thing I want to do is read that archaic book that I don't get. And now today I'm at least willing to read some of it, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the Bible or the... I'm referring to the Bible. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you were referring yeah. to the definitely big, referring to the Bible, the big book. Yeah. Um, oh, that one's which an is easy our Bible. read. <laughs> that one's an easy read. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I guess it depends on where you're at. I don't know that I would have said that two and a half years ago, but now, right? I, now I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, it actually took me a lot of time in treatment to understand yeah. the big book it and is to dated. understand. So, for the audience, we're talking about the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It is the text that we read and what the whole program is based off of. It's basically, you know, it has the whole rundown of what we are supposed to do to kind of get free of the things that hold us back and to start attracting, you know, the things that we want in our lives and kind of yeah, I'd say I'd say mostly just kind of getting free from our past and our all of our ideas that we're not good enough or that we're fucked up or that we're different. I mean, at least for me, that's what that's what the twelve steps has helped me do is just get free from all of you. Me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like we're selfish and self centered. That's the root of our troubles. Mm-hmm. And I forgot where I was I was gonna go somewhere. With, with this, but I kind of forgot. Um, Spirituality. Yeah. I referenced the Bible. Uh-oh. You referenced the Bible and then I got squirrely. How dare um, she? For what it's worth, I don't I'm, I don't think I need to have any opinion on what anybody else thinks about any of it. Yeah. I'm still out here learning. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the cool thing is like, you know, recovery was your foundation for spirituality totally. and your way to really grasp it and to see it manifest in your life to see how these daily disciplines that the program of recovery is teaching you is converting to abundance in your life and opportunity and freedom freedom and yeah just a whole renewed sense of self pretty much right yeah yeah recovery's been beautiful for me as well i fought it for a long time like i was saying i went to I went to a lot of treatment centers and read the book many times. And like, it took me going to, I went to a really good, like the last place I went to was TLR. I'm sure you're. I'm actually not familiar. Not familiar with it. Okay. It's called the last resort and it's an all men's program. And it's like AA boot camp. Like it's like you really, really, really learn the book. Whereas Mm. some treatment centers, they barely even touch on the book. And I think getting a really strong understanding of what the program of like what a legit program of recovery looks like and Mm -hmm. understanding the 12 steps and understanding the whole process that takes working the 12 steps to, to really learn. Like I was able to learn that whole process in just these two months of being in treatment because they dove every, I mean, eight different segments a day, like, 
you know, it was like college for yeah. the big book. Yeah. So it was like, it was incredible. Like yeah, I learned cool. so much and I was like, holy shit. Like I need this program in my life. Like this program is going to save my fucking life. Like all of this stuff is exactly what I've been holding on to and all these different programs and ideas and different shit is causing me to self-sabotage and, you know, grasp for drugs and alcohol to change my internal condition, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't go to treatment, did you? Mm -mm. How'd you get sober? Just, I yeah. mean, yeah, like. Yeah, something real bad happened. Yeah. And uh, and I recognized that I was so desperate for everybody else's approval and I was no longer getting it. And so I had to look in the mirror and go, well, I don't even know her anymore. And I don't like her and none of y'all like her. So this is great. Um, and thankfully I had some friends that were in recovery that I was able to reach out to and say, I know you got sober. Mm -hmm. And um, and I have to, right. and I don't know if I'm capable of it, but I know that I must. And they thankfully gave me some places to go. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Yep. Do you still like struggle with the need for approval and stuff? I think there's a lot of, so, you know, understanding now that we're very delusional creatures, mm -hmm. right? So, so I'm probably seeking approval all the time unknowingly, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just an interesting thing to just be mindful of the intrinsic. I'm good with me is really important to me today, but I also do not believe that extrinsic has no value. I don't believe that. So both can coexist. Mm -hmm. So do I still take actions to this day that would be deemed actions that are with the intent for the world to say you did good, good job. Sure. Yeah. But then also does that resonate with me? So just more awareness around it today, but yes, at the end of the day, I would love for the world to love me. Mm -hmm. If you wouldn't, that's great. And I can't relate. Right. But am I proud of how I'm showing up is also important today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I hear that. You agree? Yeah. Ish. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I want to be, I definitely want to be liked and I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to be liked. Like that's, that was a, a big thing in my, you know, just, just growing up and stuff and, and kind of what led me to addiction for sure was like, there were some people that I thought were cool mm -hmm. and that I thought had what I wanted and they were doing drugs, you know? Yep. Yeah. It was once I started the drugs, it was a little too late after I realized that these were not the types of people that I wanted to be like, to be actual. like, yeah, 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 yeah. To be liked by exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I still, I still, uh, I still have that. And, and it, you know, with my social media and stuff, I see it like, you know, catching myself like, all right, like, am I doing this for me or am I doing this just to be seen doing this? And like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's like this constant, you know, just trying to find balance with it and like making sure that my validation comes from me and I don't need it from other places because yeah, it never works getting it from other places. You know, that's a, that's a very complex topic, but, totally. but yeah, yeah. Something I'm definitely working on is just getting it from God, you know, mm -hmm. just like I'm a beautiful, loved child of God, you totally. know? Totally. And yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, cool. I say we should wrap this up. Um, if you want to talk a little bit about like what you're up to these days and kind of what your coaching looks like and mm. just give you a little opportunity for a plug, a little plug, yeah. a little plug. Yeah. A little plug. Um, yeah. I mean, I think just if you, uh, if you want more, you know, which I don't know if you do or not, but <laughs> it's out there, you can just go, you can find me on Instagram and all of the like links to everything are there. So, um, that's going to be the easiest spot. 
you can go to just at Claire Bays at C-L-A-I-R-E-B-A-Y-S. That's my name. And then within that, you can, ClaireBaysCoach.com is where you would go to find my app. So I do have a coaching app. And so what's cool about that is you get custom meal plans, you get custom workout programs. And then I do group coaching calls once a week. You can do the elevated one-on-one. You just fill out an application. It's right there. Uh, So that's all online. And it's super dope. I'm beyond proud of that product. I've put a lot of time and energy into the education in the platform. There's, you know, when it comes to the meal plans, it's, you get your shopping lists, you get your ingredients, you get how to make it, you get, I mean, everything uh, is so, and it's all customized to you and your goals. And then the workout programs, I'm the one doing the demo video of every movement. You can swap movements if you don't have access to that thing. There's at home, there's in the gym. I'm proud of the product. I think you get it. So anyway, yeah. And I mean, right now, the price of that literally to be a part of the group coaching is 39 bucks a month which if you use any of that, like <laughs> beyond worth it. So that's cool. I have a podcast conversations with Claire, pretty straightforward. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen from there. I've got affiliate links and stuff all in, you know, there's all sorts of got an Amazon storefront with my book recommendations and blah, blah, blah. You, you get all sorts. Oh, of course. Yeah. Nice. There's all sorts of stuff. So that's, yeah. but you can easily find that. Like I said, in those links there, you can just have yourself a time. There's discount codes for everything. I just keep it in one spot. That's that. Instagram. Just go there. Just go there. Links in bio. And then of course, and I will say, this is one thing I always love to touch on too, is just that like, I am a real human that it really likes real humans. And if you, especially on the topic of recovery are looking for resources, I would love to have a conversation with you. And so you can always reach out via DMs. So oh, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She's very much a person. Very cool person. <laughs> you yeah. Were well, you like, well, let's see here. Cause you knew me on the internet before in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had been, fo- I'd probably been following you for six months or so. Um, okay. Here's the thing. Was I cooler in real life or cooler on the internet? No wrong answers. I mean, definitely cooler in real life because I realized yeah! that like, it's all authentic. Yeah. Like oh. everything that you are on your social media, mm. you are that and more in person, you know? That's cool. Thank yeah. you. I didn't, didn't fish for that. I'm just curious. I have like a friend who says that like sometimes <laughs> on the internet, I'm like so bubbly and he's like, you can also be serious too. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I can be really serious. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, like, so I, I was simply curious, like, does it actually check? Cause he's like, yeah, you're so goofy on there that sometimes anyway, whatever. It's just interesting yeah. perspective. No, I mean, I definitely, I definitely sense that like you have a lot of confidence behind the camera and stuff. And it's like, I feel like from somebody who also has been pretty active on social media, like I've gotten really comfortable on camera and like you have your, your different things that, you know, makes you goofy and just like unique. Mm -hmm. And I have those things too. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you're very, you're very, uh, very much the same person, you know, that's kick ass. Yeah. And if I ever get outside of that, you feel free to call me out. I'll let you know. Yep. Sometimes totally. you need some people with some perspective to let you know when you're getting squirrely. Yeah. So if I get squirrely, Absolutely. you tell me. Yeah. Okay. Same goes to me. Deal. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity totally. to do this. Yeah. It's been fun. It's the longest we've spent together since we've known one another. Right. Right here, right now. <laughs> you guys are getting it right here in the flesh. In the flesh. It's cool. That's what I like about podcasting. You yep. know. Container. I want to do a series that's... uh all people that I've never met in person and I've only met on Instagram Yeah, because I have a lot of people that I've, you know, you can relate to that, that Mm -hmm. you've met on Instagram, but not in person. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So loads. Yeah. You can't be on that though, because I've, I've met you. So (laughs) bummer. (laughs) You only get me here. Never coming back. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Well, cool. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode. Um, we will see you next week. Thank you for choosing to be here. That's right. Thank you for hosting. You're welcome. Appreciate you.